Thank you and welcome to Coding Talks with myself Vishnu Viji. This is the last episode of this year and today is the last day uh, of 2020 and I wish all listeners a very happy new year. The podcast for today I am thinking to talk about the security aspects which we can think of while developing an application. usually while developing a web application in most of the cases what it happens is the developer will think about the requirements or the deadlines to meet that requirements and they will code in such a way to satisfy that requirements and within that deadline so that is how majority of development happens but i am not saying all the developers will work in that way but possibly majority of developers will be working in that way but being a web application it is critical to consider some of the security aspects as well because in the absence of that considerations what happens is a malicious website user may use your website in such a way that they may either leak the information or in some cases they may tamper the information in such a way that the website will be unusable or they may leak that information to a public websites which can uh, damage the reputation of your website which you are developing uh, you can verify the news past a few years as well that we could see a lot of uh, such incidents are happening across the world even for uh, such a reputed websites there happens attacks and they leak inform- the malicious user or the hackers may leak that information uh, like the usernames and the passwords to a public domain so basically what they mean is to damage the reputation so the security is one of the critical aspects and because of this is happening over and over again from past few years and it is very critical to incorporate the security while developing a web application uh, to make things easier there is a group of uh, body called the owasp they has come up with certain recommendations so these recommendations they provide in their website in the form of category of 10 risk so these are the owasp 10 risk which is defined in the uh, in their website so you can go to google and search the owasp 10 recommendations or risk so this guidelines can be used by the developer while developing a website so that at the earlier point of time they can understand some of the security aspects and they can code in such a way while developing itself so that some of the possible outcomes or the possible havocs can be prevented at an earlier stage because once your website in the hands of a hacker uh, it will be too late to do what you can and it is uh, it is recommended to incorporate these security strategies at the time of coding itself so uh, what i feel is every developer should be aware of this at least at a minimum level they don't need to by heart all the different 
different tips or the different tactics to handle these things if they know it it will be good but uh, that is not mandatory if they just aware about what all these categories are they can possibly uh, include some of the uh, tips and strategies while developing the application and that is what i aim through this podcast to give them an overview about what all these risks are and i will to try to present that from the perspective of dotnet uh, so that you can also apply that in whatever language you are using maybe it can be javascript or maybe it can be uh, uh, python or php or whatever the same risk applies to all because this ovasp is not a dotnet specific uh, risk standard it's it's basically a globally recognized developer standard which is used by the developers as the first step towards more secure coding so if someone uh, has an interest in website development or if they are already a developer and if they feel that okay i want to develop a website which should be secure so this document of the ovasp can be considered as the first place while developing the uh, website so it's much easier for the developers and the group this uh, ovasp team they come up with the recommendations every 3 year so as of this recording that is on the 31st december 2020 the current um, ovasp standard is ovasp 2017 Uh, i will try to present the security aspects from the point of ovasp 2017 but maybe after one or two years the standards may definitely change based on the current trends but still these uh, tips and tactics that i explain through this podcast in today's episode will equally apply irrespective of the uh, time so it will be good to incorporate this uh, but you can expect there will be a change of standard so if you look into the website you can search the google about the ovasp 10 risk and it straight away goes to their website and if you look into their website you can see that there are a certain category of 10 risk which they define the first one risk is kind of an injection based risk or they term the term this as called injection flows what this means that if your application or a website is developed without considering this injection flow there is a possibility there's the possibility for an injection attack can happen when you hear the term injection you often uh, think about in terms of sql injection but this is not just about sql injection it, it is applies to all type of data injection so if you think imagine you have a website and if you think from a higher level you could see that the data is ultimately stored in the database which can be either a relate, relational database like the mysql or the ms sql or oracle or it can be a no sql database like the mongo db or the document db so the database part is very critical 
and so when the term injection uh, comes uh, when you or when you hear the term injection naturally when we think uh, we think about the database injection so naturally our thinking goes to the sql injection but basically what it means is the data injection and the data injection can happen from various places like uh, from the front end it can happen like the user is inputting data from the forms area then they may in some cases some websites i have seen there may be a file upload in place where your actual data resides inside that particular file which can be either a pdf file or an excel file or whatever file it can be or even an xml file and you upload basically in that case you upload the file and then you click on the submit in other cases like a registration or a password reset or a contact form you ideally open that particular website page and then input the data in the form so these all area these all are the areas which there is a possibility for injection can happen injection based attack can happen and another possibility is like the url based injection where uh, you often hear uh, seen urls like user/id/one or something or user/ uh, to be more apt uh, term it according to the rust standard it will be like user/one or something and there is possibility that there is a chance for entering malicious character through the url injection as well through the query parameters so so far we have um, understand there are three gateways to this kinds of attacks like the url then the forms input then the file input and there is another one important area also like the api some websites use data from an external api uh, we are in not in control of that api so we can't trust that api for 100% because sometimes the data from the api maybe can contain some malicious input so from the from our website term uh, website um, from the point of our website that api is an external thing so there is a possibility that some malicious outputs can happen from that api as well which your website is going to serve so we need to validate all these things so um, so far we have understand four types of um, injection areas that can happen so whatever uh, areas that are applicable to your website you need to make sure that the data is properly validated and then only passed through the next layer so when the term injection have injection we hear we in software we often think about the uh, sql injection so that is important uh, from the sql injection terminology we often um, read and listen from different blogs that we should use the parameter um, based um, stored procedures then we should pass um, for example in the case of dotnet we could we should pass as sql parameters followed by the data type so some forms of validation should taken place there so parameterizing is a good strategy uh, but in addition to that you should also look from a broader perspective like the different areas of your website like the front end the input file input and as well as from the api so not just from the front uh, from the sql point of view 
you have to think about the other uh, overall view of your application as well from the sql point of view uh, yes the parameterizing the values is good and avoiding the dynamic sql uh, can help a, a certain extent but in addition to that even inside the stored procedure you should uh, uh, use the tactics like the white listing um some character so for example in some extreme cases you can't fully avoid the dynamic sql inside a stored procedure because there may be a business reasons for using that business or technical reasons for using that and you can't fully avoid that in such cases make sure that the input that you are passing or appending to that particular dynamic sql may not modify the uh, database in a wrong way so that a malicious user if a malicious user try to input something they should get a exception message instead of altering the state so that way you have to write so while listing is on strategy which you can do then the, the then from the point of view of front end like the uh, form or from the api return or from the file upload area what you can do is you can cast that particular fields to a certain type imagine if you are uh, having if your website having a form like uh, enter some uh, employee information or something and there is a field like employee number then if you are sure that your employee number is of a type of a particular um, numeric data type then you can cast that using your particular language so that if the user enters some non numeric characters like a malicious character then your system can identify at the time of that parsing itself and then can raise an exception sometimes maybe some other tools are uh, accessing your website and they may try to inject these things uh, uh, it is interesting to see that when i so some of the security defects there are certain tools which are capable of uh, inputting these in uh, wrong informations or malicious inputs to mock such a way that uh, how our uh, website is responding so they ideally what these tools does is they try to inject some malicious characters like a percentage something to every fields of that particular form and they they automatically click the submit button so if our application is not properly validated then it will straight away goes to database and execute there which can cause problem issues there uh, and this tools will report that as a security issue if you use the validation or if you cast that particular inputs to a particular data type like i said earlier then at the time of casting itself or that validation itself that uh, invalid input will be identified and uh, that will be presented to the user like invalid input or something and the system can't uh, stops there so that is safe compared to executing and that particular malicious input on the database so you need to make sure that you have to employ the casting as well as the um, validation at the front end level uh, it also applies to that api return as well so if you are reading some values from the api make sure that you are not properly validating that before uh, before giving uh, that value straight away to the next layer or the database layer um 
while casting make sure that how the performance is impacting there so not just the performance so for example if the employee number is of a numeric data type you can cast that to a particular data type but what happens if it is a kind of a alpha numeric type then uh, there may be some pattern or some uh, helper methods which you can write to identify that uh, whether the user inputting is a particular type or you can check that against the database what the user is input and then present to the user that okay this employee number does not exist or something and you can return that information to the uh, user uh, then from proceeding there but make sure that the uh, malicious input does not pass to the database layer so it it should be protected before that so that is the uh, whole point of that so this is not applies to the relational databases like mysql or msql or oracle it also applies to other type of uh, um, the databases like the nosql as well and there is when it comes to injection we just discussed about the form injection the api injection uh, sql injection as well there is another form of injection called the uh, called the os injection which can happen Uh, to understand this if in dotnet if you are using the system dot diagnostics uh, namespace there is a method called the process dot start and there are two methods for that particular uh, met- uh, start method like the file name and the uh, argument so both the file name and arguments is a source of malicious input so if you are directly reading uh, some input from the user and passing it to that particular process Uh, method that is a possibility for a uh, os attack that can happen os injection that can happen so we need to validate using a whitelist method or whatever validation method that are um, there to ensure that the both the arguments that are passed to the process dot start method should be uh, in accordance with what we expect and there are certain methods uh, defo- um, available for that particular languages as well for example in the case of c sharp there is a method called uh, try i pa- parse ip or something try dot parse ip so what it basically does is uh, if the user is uh, required to input some ip address as part of the form input it will be difficult for us to validate whether that ip is a particular valid correct method, correct ip or not or does it have some invalid input so it will be much trickier for the developer to identify that so what we can do is we can directly use the try dot parse ip method which the dotnet provides and it will default do the parsing and everything so if it's not an ip we can show a validation message back to the user so this way we can prevent the injection attack so the whole point here is we should make sure that no data is injected uh, to the system which the user is not uh, authorized to and there should not be any exposure exposed um, exposing of data to the user that the particular user is not uh, authorized to so that is, that are the mo- most important criteria to consider so you have to apply like a gate and validation at each stage and you have to think about that in terms of the performance also because you have to think that uh, subjected to the context of the application where you are developing uh, whether that particular gate will cause some other issue so you have to think about that and then apply it 
so that is the one thing which the injection um, risk defines we can go into another kind of uh, risk which the ovasp defines which is the broken authentication so this means that we develop the website in such a way that we feel that the authentication and authorization is uh, perfect and everything works as expected but sometimes uh, hackers are more smart they use some uh, tools or something in such a way that they may break that particular authentication and they may enter into the uh, eva system and they may either get the topmost account like the admin account or something so that they will once they get that account information they will directly use your website interface to login and get all the other details as well they may have other methods as well but uh, there is one possibility which i explained so what this happens is because we are using a authentication and authorization methods which uh, are not uh, capable of preventing this kind of attacks like the brute force attacks or the special tools which the hackers or malicious users are using so one thing we need to uh, make sure is we need to use the perfect tools available as possible for that framework for example if in the case of a dotnet core it is recommended to use the asp.net core identity similar way for other languages as well uh, we we need to analyze what authentication and what methods we are using and we need to use uh, think about what type of uh, encoding or encryption methods that particular authentication and authorization as uh, is using as well as the time uh, if you are using a cookie based authentication make sure how much time that particular cookie is set to expire or uh, something and we need to take all that in consideration so that the ultimate aim should be the authentication and authorization should be perfect so that no uh, high, no information about the user or very sensitive information should be uh, should be leaked is leaked to the uh, leaked in the hands of the malicious users then uh, that is what the broken authentication so basically it says to use the best method available based on the framework or language which we are using and uh, some of the best strategies to use as well so you can check the uh, ovasp website and you can go to the broken authentication there they define a certain kinds of uh, tactics or tips which you can apply in your code uh, and that way you can um, you can um, increase the authentication power or what to say or or you can make your authentication bit strict or more strong in your application then the other categories like the sensitive data exposure so applications where many web applications like uh, uh, the if you look into the some of the applications like uh, apple music or spotify or something they often have that um, payment gateway systems where the subscriber is Paying, paying some informations and the credit card is stored to the system so if your website is uh, one of that kind where it is storing that credit card or very sensitive information or even in the case of healthcare systems where the health related informations about the user is very very sensitive information so such system such sensitive information should be identified and should be stored in uh, in an encrypted way and not in plain text so if you store that as plain text 
what will happen is if someone is able to access that particular database directly for example even if it in the case of an internal user like a system admin or something uh, but he has also the possibility to cause problems so uh, you need to make sure that that data in rest and data in motion both are encrypted in such a way Uh, so that no information is revealed to the third party in some cases this credit card information or some other healthcare information may be uh, required to pass to a separate api for other some analytical purpose or some payment related purpose so at that time make sure that it is encrypted and then only transferred because otherwise the third party can read those informations and then they can they can understand this so um, the point here is to use the sensitive de- uh, point here is to make sure that the um sensitive data are not exposed to the public and another kind of sensitive data uh, is like whatever technology we are using uh, for that particular website that should not be revealed to the external um user if you open a website in chrome and if you look into the uh, chrome debugger and then goes to the uh, header section you can see that a certain kind of security uh, headers are returned from that particular web server so if you not prevent such security headers uh, returning information like the server information or the kind of technology which your uh, which your website is using like asp.net or something then any user can read uh, and understand that your your website is using this kind of system and okay so i can use a, such a way to attack that particular system which he know so you should not expose that kind of information through the kinds of header so uh, how on uh, the sensitive data exposure risk presented by the avasp mean that we should hide all the sensitive data that is uh, on such type of data say is the credit card healthcare information and at the same time there are certain technical related informations related to the website like uh, what kind of server it is using what kind of um um technology that particular website is using so we should hide also that as well so related to the security um, headers uh, related to the technology uh, your website is using or if you want to hide that particular website information technology information or the server information you can do that from the uh, that server configuration or from in the case of the asp.net you can use the web config and you can directly remove the headers using a custom header section so basically you add a custom header under the http header which is an uh, xml element in uh, this web config and then you add a tag to remove the particular header like the server or other information that is one way you can also write that uh, um, uh, removal code in the code uh, as well or you can you can configure that on a server level as well so that depends upon the uh, type of uh, context which we are, you are using so if you are um, if you want to apply your change to all the customers then it is recommended to configure that um, in the server section but if it is for a certain customers only then it is uh, recommended to um, use the um, 
custom headers or something like that then the other risk we so far we have covered uh, the injection broken authentication sensitive data exposure then other type of attack which is similar to the uh, injection is called the exter xml external entities or xsc attacks so this happens to many legacy applications where it is using that xml parsing like xml dot load and it is reading some data from an xml file so xml file you know basically they are text file with some tags so that tags may contains or can happen some security mis uh, secu malicious inputs which again your application if it is not validated is going to use and uh, can directly affect the system so we need to basically do a validation here is what that mean by the ext xml external entities attacks so we make need to um, make sure that that particular xml um, element its uh, xml uh, element which we are xml file which we are reading does not uh, does not access or disclose any internal uh, file information or any internal uh, uh, custom application sections uh, which are particular to uh, to our application so so a validation should be there that is what it is uh, what it means then the other kind of um, risk which defined in the wasp is the broken access control risk where a particular user uh, maliciously try to access another user information like uh, for example if you are in a user information page and if you are authorized to read that particular user information page definitely you will you can view the details from that particular page and if you look into that top section probably many of the websites will have a link like user slash id or something i'm just saying an example but if there is a possibility that that particular user can change that particular id to some different user's id and still he will be able to see that information then that is a possibility for that uh, kind of broken access control means the access is not part uh, access is given to uh, a different customer which he is not intended to so this happens because we are not validating whether we are serving information for that particular customer or not so before serving a particular detail or before executing something on behalf of a customer make sure that that particular uh, information which you are going to present or a particular execution which is going to happen on behalf of a user is uh, applies to that particular user and if he is not authorized to do that then show him a message like uh, no no access or something so that is uh, a strategy which you, you can use like the broken access control basically it points that if a if a user named a is accessing a website then it he should or he should be able to execute only what he is able to access so so if you look into the owasp site related to the broken access control you can uh, view a few tips where you can employ employ in your application Uh, they have categorized that into particular type of languages like javascript or c sharp or java or whatever language you are using you can read that particular 
documentation and you can apply that strategy here so one strategy is what which i defined like uh, for example if you have a controller method or if you have a method in the c sharp like the get user details and you are passing an id if you are not validating that particular user in that method and if you are directly reading something from the database based on get user and based on that id then what happens is if the user is passing some other ids like one or two or something instead of his id then definitely he will get if it is not validated so you need to validate that information similar applies to the execution as well so if he is going to update something and if if you are providing him a way like which we, he can use some external tools like the fiddler or some other um api altering tool where he can open that website and at the same time he can open another tab and then alter that inputs and then do a post on behalf of another user then if it is not validated then he will be able to update that in database so that should be prevented is what this uh, this kind of um, uh, ovasp is suggesting that we should not allow the broken access control then the security misconfiguration is another section where where another risk where it is defined where it is one of a possible risk that can happen for example one uh, category that is explained in the ovasp site is like if we if we add the logging information to a website and if we are uh, ideally it should be turned off while we deploy it to production because only the critical issues should be logged on there and not the information section so the logging can have different kinds of inf- uh, logging information like the it can be the error logging information it can be the information logging so at the time of development or on the um, developments server we used to uh, log all the informations as well for example if i am logging in so logging in as this user logging in as that user and i am i am writing some logs like uh, logging this user with a username something or like that or email something or like that so that is fine for the in, um, uh, development and debugging purpose but once it goes to production if we forget to turn off that information section ideally what it means that the logs will have a detailed information about the actual live users and very sensitive information uh, also will be re- revealed in the log from the log so a attacker can access the logs directly and can read information from there itself so this happens because there is a security misconfiguration from the part of the tops because the um the uh, logging level should be error or critical in the case of a live environment and if they tend to forget or if they fail to apply that correct configuration it will uh, it will show the default uh, info and other things and it will cause issue so we need to make sure that uh, the proper configurations are set, are set there similar is the case of the uh, x um, xsr for um, the csr of attack where the in the web config or the um, code base we should provide proper configurations and proper help helper methods so that um, a user using the website should not open a different tab and do a csr of 
type of posting from that web that uh, different tab there so you can read about the csr of that's a different topic you can check about that basically what it means that if you open a website uh, contains a form and if imagine that form will have three um, fields like the name age and something like address or something and then there is a submit button so when you submit that it it ideally post to a particular api or something and do the post so if there is an absence of validation method then what happens is it um, it it won't properly save to data uh, it uh, in the case of in the case of uh, absence of proper validation method what it happens that if user is uh, inputting some malicious character it will be go straight away to the database uh, itself but even if you have validated that still there is a possibility of attack like uh, some some other user may some that same user in that same uh, uh, browser may open a different tab and then they can input a um, different information from a fake form so that is what the csr of means so the website just looks on the authentication only and it won't be able to identify that that is a fake form from a different tab so we need to make sure that the csr of uh, attack should not happen so there are mechanisms in frameworks like asp.net where we can add that uh, particular csr of configuration by default and we make sure that it should be enabled for every form and it should be applied for every form so that there is no possibility for a, um, a ssr for csr of attack and also the other case is the um, uh, returning of the sensitive information as we uh, discussed earlier like the when we discuss the sensitive data exposure we Uh, read about the security headers or the uh, very important messages that can return from the particular website so we need to make sure that those all configurations are properly in set so security misconfiguration is critical and it should be in properly in place so that no secure information should be return as header and only the proper logs should be captured and no informative logs are captured in the uh, live environment um you can read more about that in the um ovas website as well then then there is a possible there is another kind so far we have discussed the sixth type of uh, the attacks then the seventh type of attack is the cross site scripting or the xss so this can be enabled anywhere application this uh, the prevention of this uh, access s attack can be enabled in your application so in asp.net there are configuration for that so you can apply that uh there is one another thing to consider here is the csf or the content uh, csp or the content security policy so the content security policy is basically what you define for your application so it states that uh, this website should read or uh, show display images or it should access the script that from this particular domain or from uh, if it is in from a custom domain you need to explicitly specify that it should 
read from that particular domain only so if you set the content security policy as self what it happens is it will only read the uh, css the images and the scripts from that particular domain itself and if you are serving from an external cdn or some other domain uh, that particular uh, javascript won't be served so that is the case where if you set the content security policy yourself so if you want to add a external cdn or a custom provider you need to explicitly specify so the uh, recommended strategy is not to allow the obasp says that we should not allow the default uh, every script or every image allowing strategy because that means that any script from any area can directly uh, access uh, directly uh, can be executed against your website so we need to make sure that uh, we first need to identify what all images what all scripts or what all um, uh content that must be served from the website and from which area and based on that we must explicitly set the content security policy instead of the default one so that uh, if some malicious attempt is happening that it it will be prevented by the content security policy itself so this should be uh, applied with a bit care because what happens is in the case of traditional legacy systems sometimes they may use some type of high frames or something and if we apply the content security uh, policy wrongly what it happens is it fails to load some of the data because it will prevent the data from there but what the obasp suggests is that we should apply we should explicitly apply identify and apply the content security policies that are uh, related to our website but uh, that needs a bit analyzing the different areas which your website is accessing because at uh, there may be certain areas in your website which you are not aware of maybe it will be accessing some external script so if you set a content security policy without aware about that area uh, naturally it will prevent when a user is accessing that particular area and your website will not function as expected so uh, in short a, a detailed testing will be required in the case of content security policy if it is applying then the other type of risk that is the eighth risk which the uh, obasp defines is the insecure dc serialization so uh, uh, this is also one area where the attack can happen Uh, so it's kind of a kind of a lead to a remote code execution so if you if um, it do not directly result in a remote code execution but still the malicious user can use this in insecure serialization to perform some attacks including the kind of attacks like the replay attacks or the injection attack so basically they are using this information from the deserialization and then they use this information for some other strategies then the ninth uh, on which the obasp uh, mentions in their website according to the obasp uh, standard 2017 is the uh, is when a developer tries to develop a website and use some of the components with vulnerabilities 
that can cause certain issues because every framework and every language is is evolving day by day so we need to make sure that we are using the latest uh, component or framework as far as possible or we need to make sure that we have updated to the latest framework or component but in some cases the package like the in the case of dotnet the nuket package or the framework which we are using is not updated properly and if we are still using the older framework then there is a possibility that 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 framework or component or package re- related vulnerabilities can affect the um website so uh, ovasp has said that certain kinds of attack had happened because of the uh, usage of components with the vulnerability so whatever api whatever library which we are going to use make sure that we are using the uh, latest one as far as possible sometimes it will be uh, difficult to use the latest one because our application may have developed a few years back and we may not able to immediately update all the components all the frame or all the frameworks because it it can lead to a lot of rework so in that case what we need to think is <coughs> we need to uh, evaluate properly and reduce the risk by um, updating the frameworks as we can um, if it is possible to make the code changes and update to the latest version it is recommended but in the absence of that we need to make other considerations so that this in case this attacks happens uh, how we can mitigate that and we must be aware about that so the the framework which we are using the package which we are, or the library which you are using for example if it is a jquery library or a react library make sure that it is uh, always to the latest and if it is not still we must aware about its consequences and um, we need to identify that in the earlier stage then the uh, final on the ovasp has mentioned 10 risk and the final risk they mentioned in their website is the insufficient logging and monitoring so this means that in case some data breach or some issues uh, um, uh, happen or if there is a possibility happen like uh, some user tries to inject a malicious character or something and your system has logged it and detected but uh, if it is not monitored properly and to uh, and if you are not taken remedial action like the shutdown of that particular cluster or something uh, if you are not aware of that or not taken any monitoring uh, in response to that particular logging action then there is a possibility that the attacker can further uh, further proceed and can do more havoc so they have said that the logging and monitoring is very critical so that we can early detect some issues for example if someone is trying to inject a malicious character to your website through a through an api or through a form and at the first time they failed and they will try that repeatedly and at some point of time they may get access to your website so if your system logging is capable to identify that early at the first time itself you will get an alert that something is going to happen here and you can take the remedial measures based on that so that is what it is suggesting so these are the 10 points so we can quickly go into each one of them uh, i have my purpose of this uh, podcast is to get an 
rough overview about all these things it definitely needs you to look into that particular ovasp site and go through each one of them to go through more detailed understanding but i hope you will get an overview idea from this uh, this particular podcast or so the aim or the uh, on good um, advantage of this ovasp and standard is that you can quickly look into that and you can easily be aware of that while developing an application for example if i am making a form and in asp.net and if i am making a post method i am creating a post method then i should uh, think about uh, these things like uh, okay i am i have a form so uh, whatever reading from the form should be validated so naturally i should write validate methods and i proceed from there and if i am going to write a stored procedure then definitely i consider all these things like uh, the use of dynamic sql i avoid the use of dynamic sql or in case if it is used then i should properly validate that and uh, in the case of uh, the form itself uh, i can also think about the um, csrf because the um, xsrf attack is there is a possibility for xsrf attack that can happen so naturally i will look into whether my framework which i am using will have this particular facility to prevent that so in the case of asp.net when on site developed an application and when i developed naturally i think okay uh, this method is a post method so this is working fine but there is a possibility for xsrf attack that can happen from another tab another tab so uh, what i can do is then or what i did then is just added an attribute called the xsrf attribute at the top of that particular method so that that by default will do the task of in most of the recent frameworks there is by default some uh, inbuilt uh, inbuilt mechanisms like this in the case of uh, if you are using angular or something angular or some other api to post something to the method then then naturally uh, there won't be having this kind of xsr of protection because um uh, if you are using a dot uh, net based form and if you are using a dot net based form method then by it will work fine because from the dot net core front end uh, the by default the form will automatically pass a uh, xsr of token also so that your uh, backend um, xsr of uh, attribute in the controller method can evaluate that but if you are what about if you are using a angular or some other custom framework so in that case you you need to think about and you need to make some modifications to the angular so that it will also send that particular xsr of attribute to the controller method and you should uh, in some cases you can't use the default uh, xsr of method there in some cases you need to use a custom method there to read from that particular angular uh post inputs and then you, you do the processing uh why we doing all these things is we can avoid the use of this uh, xsr of validation we can uh, altogether avoid the xsr of validation but uh, uh, that increases the risk because there is a possibility that some other api in a different tab may post some uh, malicious input and can attack the system so make sure that uh, even if it takes some time make sure that the xsr of uh, validation and everything should be in place so similar way we have covered the injection 
ബ്രോക്കൺ ഓതൻറ്റിക്കേഷൻ സോ വൈൽ ഡെവലപ്പിംഗ് ആൻ ആപ്ലിക്കേഷൻ മേക്ക് ഷുർ ദാറ്റ് ഓതൻറ്റിക്കേഷൻ ഈസ് പെർഫെക്റ്റ് ദെൻ ദ സെൻസിറ്റീവ് ഡേറ്റ എക്സ്പോസ് ദാറ്റ് വി ഷുഡ് എൻക്രിപ്റ്റ് ദ ഡേറ്റ ആൻഡ് ഷുഡ് നോട്ട് എക്സ്പോസ് ദ സെൻസിറ്റീവ് ഇൻഫർമേഷൻ ടു ദ യൂസർ ദെൻ ദ എക്സ്എംഎൽ എക്സ്റ്റേണൽ എൻറ്റിറ്റീസ് ഇഷ്യൂ ലൈക്ക് ദി ഇഫ് യു ആർ യൂസിങ് ആൻ എക്സ്എംഎൽ എൻറ്റിറ്റി മെത്തേഡ്സ് ഓർ സംതിങ് മേക്ക് ഷുർ ദാറ്റ് ഇറ്റ് ഡസ് നോട്ട് ഓൾട്ടർ ദ സ്റ്റേറ്റ് ഓഫ് യുവർ വെബ്സൈറ്റ് ദെൻ ദി ബ്രോക്കൺ ആക്സസ് കൺട്രോൾ വെയർ യുവർ യൂസർ ഓർ ദ യൂസർ വിച്ച് യു വിച്ച് ഓർ ദ യൂസർ ഹു ഈസ് ലോഗ്ഡ് ഇൻ ടു ദ സിസ്റ്റം വിൽ ബി പ്രസൻറ്റഡ് ഓൺലി വിത്ത് എ ഡേറ്റ ദാറ്റ് ഹി ഈസ് ഇൻറ്റൻഡ് ഫോർ ആൻഡ് ദ സെക്യൂരിറ്റി മിസ് കോൺഫിഗറേഷൻസ് ലൈക്ക് ദി കറക്റ്റ് ലോഗിങ് കറക്റ്റ് റിട്ടേൺ ഓഫ് ഹെഡേഴ്സ് എക്സെട്രാ സോ ഓൾ ദ സെക്യൂരിറ്റി കോൺഫിഗറേഷൻ ഷുഡ് ബി കറക്റ്റ്ലി അപ്ലൈഡ് ഫോർ ഡിഫറെൻറ്റ് എൻവയോൺമെൻറ്റ്സ് സോ ഇൻ ദ കേസ് ഓഫ് കമ്പനീസ് ഡെവലപ്പിംഗ് വെബ്സൈറ്റ്സ് there may be different uh, environments like development environment qa environment live uat and something like that so the, in the live environment the website is in the hands of actual users so if you should uh, make sure that the configurations are proper so that it should not lead a security vulnerability like uh, in the like we have dis- discussed in the uh logging section uh, there is a possibility for security misconfiguration like uh, we need to turn off the default info logging in live environment otherwise what it happens is uh, all the debugging informations will be logged in in the case of live also and some attackers or some malicious person may use uh, that information and then can do the havoc then uh, then the other important things like the insecure deserialization then the using of components with the known vulnerability so we need to make sure that the components are updated properly and we should regularly um, analyze the components which we are using whether it is having any security vulnerability or so uh, and if it is so we need to make remedial measures or either update that then and the proper uh, on like the last one like the proper logging and monitoring is very critical because attacks will happen only uh, after some uh, the uh, attack will happen act, uh, after uh, some kind of a trying because uh, they will try a few times and then only the attack will happen so if you can early identify these things then they can easily identify uh, these things in a, in its uh, proper way so these are all the things which i um, uh, i try to explain so currently uh, right now i am in ponmudi which is uh, 60 kilometers away from tiruvananthapuram and because of the year and there is a bit rush here and i am recording from here so it's a hill station i i come here a bit early morning and then recording this and it's a slight rain also so i found some spot here and recording this so in case if you felt any background noise or anything uh, i'm sorry for that but i hope you enjoy the episode i covered that in a bit fast phase uh, but hopefully for the web developers that will this episode will be helpful they can they can understand more by going deep into the actual obas website where they can view the recommendations and there so one thing you may be thinking now is you may have a website now and how you identify these things so related to the injection uh, related defects you can easily go through the methods and you can identify where whether there is a possibility for method so another strategy is like you can 
you can employ some of the static analyzers in your code in the case of uh, uh, your particular language you are using I, if uh, i am a dotnet developer so in the case of myself uh, there is a static analyzers uh, which uh, there are static analyzers which you can use that can be included as part of your devops pipeline either or you can run it locally and then you can check or scan your entire website so you can get all that information from the ovasp website and basically it does a scanning of your website and then it will uh, check using some random combinations uh, different uh, field inputs uh, different hidden fields they will try to send some inform uh, in malicious input there and will check whether your web- website is capable of withstanding all those things so if it is not it will raise as a um, indicate as a, a defect so you can you can check that and you can identify that so the, there are certain tools which you can use this way the ovasp tool ovasp scan recommend uh, scanner is such kind of tool where you can install that particular tool and you can provide the url where it analyzes your entire website and can notify you the issues uh, from uh, security issues that are related to your website so i hope you enjoy the episode and all the opinions that i expressed here are purely personal and do not represent any of the employees view in any way and thanks uh, once again your valuable time for listening this episode um a advance happy new year to all and in the next year we will come up with more episodes uh, and uh, keep listening and the podcast will be available on all platforms thank you